Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Holistic Healing. I'm Tara Davis, and I'm so glad to have you with us today. Today, we are going to be talking about Chinese medicine, fall and winter, acupuncture, and organs in our body, and how these all tie together. And I've learned all of this from my acupuncturist, who is Josh Snyder. He is our guest today on the show. Josh formally began his studies of Chinese medicine and Chinese internal martial arts when he began studying with an instructor in the North American, Tang Shao. Oh gosh, tell me that, Josh. Dao. Tang Shao Dao. He earned a Bachelor's of Science degree in Exercise Physiology at Northern Arizona University. He also completed a Master's of Traditional Chinese Medicine in Santa Cruz, California at the University of Five Branches. He also continued his studies in Santa Cruz with uh, martial arts and During this time, he also traveled to China, where he studied Chinese at the Chinese Medical University, deepening his understanding of Chinese medicine and theory. Josh became an apprentice at Six Harmonies Traditional Medicine Center. Today, Josh is a diplomat of Oriental medicine and is a licensed acupuncturist in both California and Colorado. Josh is also a certified practitioner by the American Organization for Bodywork Therapies of Asia and in the Jen Shao Twina system. He is a current instructor in the North American Tang Shao Tang Shou Dao Association. And his training includes so Josh, why don't you tell me what your training includes? Because I can't even pronounce these words. I know the words are a little tricky. So, uh, yes, I'm an instructor in the uh, North American Feng Dao, which is an internal martial arts association um, that is about the uh, perseverance and um, research in uh, internal martial arts and uh, Chinese medicine. Um, I'm also a mm. practitioner of the Jin Shou Twina system, which is basically a, you could consider a Chinese medical massage. Wow. Very exciting. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Yes, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. I'm honored. Thanks yes. so much. Yeah, you're welcome. And I feel like you and I get to have these conversations personally when I come in for treatments, and so I've been really looking forward to being able to share all the information that you just so willingly give. You have so much knowledge every time I come in. And because I only have a certain amount of time in your office, I always feel like I get just enough information, but there's like a ton more that you have to give. So I was so looking forward to this today to learn about so much more that you have to talk about. So today we are going to start talking about the five elements, and you're going to give us an overview on that. We're also going to talk about the season that we're in right now, autumn, uh, and all the different components of autumn and how that shows up. So why don't we just even get started on the five elements? Because I know a little bit about it because you and I have talked about it, but there, you know, people might not even know what this is and how this pertains to them and their life. Yes. So with five elements, five elements is really kind of, uh, it's one branch of Chinese medicine. It's, it's one way of looking at a person and coming up with a diagnosis of symptoms that they're, pre- that they're presenting. So when you get into Chinese medicine, one of the first things that they teach you is yin-yang theory. And I think a lot of people understand the yin-yang or the duality, uh, the light and dark, sun and moon sort of thing. So when we look at somebody, we always approach it with yin and yang. When we move a little bit further, we start getting into the five elements, 
and more of the nature of things, of the human body. If you, you think about humans in general, we're all really just an outcrop of the earth. Um, everything that we are is made up of the five elements in the universe. So it's actually a really great thing to look at, and it's actually really interesting when you start making the connections of the five elements and how they're related uh, and interrelated in our life. So when we look at five elements, they're really um, they're set up in such a way that it, it's kind of mind-blowing when you start seeing some of the relationships with ourselves and then in nature. So the traditional five element system begins with metal, okay, and that corresponds to the lungs and the large intestines. And then we have water, which corresponds to the kidney and bladder. And then we have wood, which corresponds to the liver and the gallbladder. We have uh, fire, which corresponds to the heart and small intestine. And finally, we have earth, which corresponds to the spleen and stomach. So you have what we call the five elements, okay? And then they're associated to different organs within our system. And to give you a little background of really what got me sparked about the five elements is my internal martial arts training. Uh, we do a style called Xing Yi, okay, and in that style there's what's known as the five elements. And you work through doing specific moves that correspond to very uh, distinct elements on the five element uh, paradigm. So, for instance, one of our uh, moves is called metal or known as Pichuan. And what that does is it helps activate the lungs and the large intestine in the body. A lot of times we mm -hmm. think of martial arts as fighting and self-defense, but this mm -hmm. is really about nourishing those organs. So that, that really hit me. And then you start seeing how they interact with each other and how you can counteract and, and things like that. Does that all make sense? Oh, yeah, I'm loving this. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more in depth about some of these so that you get a better idea of what we're talking about. Okay, so mm. when I say metal corresponds to the lung and large intestine, that's the element that we associate to those two organs. Um, the subcategories under that is basically like autumn. Okay, autumn, autumn is the time of the year of the metal element. And so it's going to affect the large intestine and lung very specifically. Um, one of the things that uh, is also under the lung and the large intestine, which we'll get into, is grief. Okay, that's one of the emotions associated with that element. Um, as we move on, we get into, again, the water element, which is the kidney and bladder. And so it's more associated with winter, another topic that we'll talk, talk more about. Um, so you have winter, and then it's more associated with cold and the emotion of fear, okay? We get yeah. to liver, and, I'm sorry, wood, which is associated with the gallbladder and liver, and that's springtime. Uh, one of the emotions associated with that is anger, okay? And then we have, again, fire, heart, small intestine. So that is associated with summertime, and the emotion is joy. Now, this isn't the joy that you would say, like, uh, you, you get on, on Christmas morning when you open up a wonderful gift, um, <laughs> you know, you feel really good, you're around family, there's a bunch of warped. This is the joy where it's over-excitement. Maybe, maybe you got a gift that was just too much for you and you got overexcited. That would be that type of joy. It's, it's mm. feeling, oh, my gosh, oh, you know, you just, it's just too much. So, and that's mm -hmm. actually a negative thing towards the heart and small intestine. Okay. So interesting. Um, and then, then we have earth, which is the spleen and stomach, and that's related to late summer. Okay. So basically uh, at the end of each season, there's a period of uh, a few weeks where we have this transition. Okay. And that transition is known as the late summer. Um, sometimes people will say the African summer, um, things like that. It's just you can kind of think about it as, for instance, when we go from summer to fall or fall to winter, there's always those days where you get um, it's really windy and you'll have uh, you know a high pressure zone and a low pressure zone coming in and, and every just everything seems really chaotic. Okay, that's mm -hmm. going to be that transitional period. Okay, so the earth element is related again to over overthinking and uh, its emotion is more of pensiveness or worrying. Okay. 
Mm. I can relate. <laughs> okay. So, so you can really dive deep into all of these elements and the different aspects um, of the elements, and we could really spend a lot of time, you know, talking about each one. Um, you know, it, the list kind of goes on. So when we look at the five element system in, in the body, um, one of the things that we'll do is we'll look at signs and symptoms that the person is manifesting. Uh, for instance, um, like the, the metal element is related to the skin and the hair. It's also related to the nose. Um, a lot of times when there's disorder with the metal element, you'll see dryness. Um, so you may see dryness on the skin. Um, okay, and so we're talking see... about autumn right now, yes? Yes, this is the metal okay. element. So Okay. All right, let, so... Me, let, let me – okay, so I'm just – I want to give you some idea that each of the five elements, they have a, like an associated part of the body that we say is a manifestation of um, the organ systems within that element, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So – and then we can use that for a diagnosis for various things that are going on. I mean, obviously, if somebody comes in, and we're going to talk more about grief, but they have a lot of grief, they're going to have symptoms that are coming up, and we can kind of look at that and say, okay, is this a metal condition? Is this something that's affecting the lungs, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would like well, to totally – I'll, back, I'll backtrack yeah. a little bit. Um, so every time I talk about the five elements to my students in class, uh, you know, I get some heads that are like, okay, okay, I get it. And then later on I get questions. I, I don't really understand. <laughs> You're always talking about metal and autumn and the lungs. I have no idea what metal, how it, how it works. Like how does metal relate to the lungs? Okay. So mm-hmm. let me kind of break it down a little bit so that uh, you have a better understanding of how metal uh, interacts with the body, how you can, do metal really with the lung and the large intestine okay mm-hmm. so if you can just for a second i want you to imagine your lungs and i want you to imagine the large intestine okay so when we try to look at the metal element it's really about looking at it like this it's really uh, the protection around the body and so in eastern philosophy or west or eastern medicine as opposed to western medicine we look at the immune system as outside of the body, okay? So Western medicine sees it as more internal. Uh, Eastern medicine, the immune system is on the outside of us. And a lot of times you'll hear a lot of people say, well, um, you have to have a, a sufficient chi to ward off pathogens such as bacteria and viruses and allergens and things like that. Uh, that still doesn't make a lot of sense to people. Uh, we call it the wei chi or the outer chi of the body. So... When you think about the lungs, for instance, and uh, another relationship, again, to uh, lungs, large intestine, the metal element, is the skin and hair of the body. The skin is our first line of defense, right? It's our protection mechanism for anything that is that we're encountering that could get into the body, okay? Mm-hmm. So when, when you start to visualize the skin, it's all over the body. And when you start thinking about the entrance to the lungs, which is usually the nose, the mouth, the skin is going, you know, up into the nose and then it's turning into mucous membranes and it's going down into the lung. There's still mucous membranes and then down, you know, to the deeper part of the lung. The lungs are the CO2 and oxygen exchange, right, through the outer universe. So you're basically exchanging the CO2 for oxygen. If you really think about it, the lungs are still on the external part of the body, okay? You can kind of understand that? How well, so it, yeah. it, Go ahead. If, if you, they're not completely internal because they're still having an exchange with our ah. outer environment, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So, so you're having the oxygen come in, you know, it's changing places with the CO2 and so on. So it's, it's, we say in Chinese medicine that it's the canopy, okay? It's one of the most delicate organs because it's, it's at the top, right? And uh, it can be exposed to so many different things. So when you breathe in, there's almost, in a sense, like, you know, the, the air, the oxygen that you're taking from the external environment, it's not completely in the body until it makes that exchange through the lungs. The lungs are the mechanism. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. The same thing goes with the large intestine. Okay. You know, you can, you can break this down and disagree, but re- really, okay. The large intestine, it houses waste. Okay. Um, you could not have that waste inside your body. Okay. Or it would lead, you know, to sickness or, you know, a lot of terrible things. So <laughs> when we look at the large intestine and, and if I take it back a few steps and you think about eating food, going down the esophagus to the stomach, to the small intestine, to the large intestine, it's a giant tube, right? You're hollow <laughs> in a sense. Okay. The large intestine ends at the rectum. Okay. And, and comes out the anus. And so there's a skin, you know, a transition there. It mm-hmm. is technically still on the surface of the body, right? There's okay. mucous membranes in the large intestine. They basically, you know, so you don't get sick from the things that you're processing. Um, so if you can kind of see that relationship, that there's kind of like uh, an outer you know, world to that, um, then mm-hmm. you can kind of grasp this. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yes, it okay. does. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so we we have those three things. We have the skin, we have the lungs, and we have the large intestine. Now, if you can envision those as being external, then in a sense they become the protection mechanism. So they are kind of like our armor around the body. And if you can envision armor as being metal, it's that metal sheath all the way around the body that protects us from pathogens. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is very important to our systems, and it's important that we keep the integrity of that metal very strong so that we don't contract anything, okay? And one of the ways of doing that is, you know, obviously leading a healthy lifestyle, eating correctly, getting enough sleep, getting the right amount of exercise, you know, trying to have a nice, you know, calm mind and and not allow too much stress in our lives. By doing those things, energy in our body can stay sufficient to support this armor so that when we come in contact with these pathogens, we do not get sick, okay? So that's a very important thing. Now, I just want to make sure, are you you grasping all this? Absolutely. I'm loving it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... When we we start talking about the emotion of lungs, okay, which is grief, and um, grief, you know, is an emotion that we've all experienced from time to time. Um, it's it's healthy and it's natural to experience these emotions. Um, so what I'm saying is that you know I'm not saying you should not. Um, it, this is something that we should feel and process. Uh, however, if grief is left or that emotion is left in the lungs for a long period of time, that can lead to a weakness in the lungs, um, which can then weaken the armor, so to say, and then other things can happen. We can we can contract uh, flus, you know, uh, other illnesses, and we can even get cancer in our lungs. Um, the same thing goes for the large intestine and um not letting go, that's kind of the opposite piece of the other emotion. So uh, if we're stuck on something, uh, we're holding on to something and we don't want to let it go, it can lead to disorders with our our large intestine, um, such as constipation. Okay. So when we look at the metal element... When you're talking about you know, that we're not letting go of something. We're not letting go of something like emotionally, um, not letting go of maybe a job that we needed to get out of, but we can't let it go. So this is what you're referring to. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's say this. Um, I've had, uh, you know, people come in and, um, you know, a lot of times people don't open up right away. Uh, they have something going on where, you know, let's let's just say I have a person that comes in and they're having, you know, pretty intense constipation. And uh, we're talking about, you know, what might be the possible cause. Are you, are you getting enough water? You know, is there some other thing, you know, that's related that's causing this constipation? Are you not getting enough fiber? Um, is there some sort of, you know, um, disorder going on with the large intestine itself that would be causing that? And so we go through all these things, but one of the things that we kind of tap into is the five-element system, 
um, if these other things don't really uh, work out for us as far as making up a diagnosis. And, you know, when we're working with a person, we'll check their tongue, we'll check their pulse, and then we'll also inquire um, about a few things with them. And we may, we may find signs that it may indicate that there's something going on that they're not letting go or maybe they have, you know, grief that's suppressed and they haven't dealt with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times what you'll see is somebody will come in and, um, you know, they may, they may complain of constipation and, um, you know, it could be a few days and they're looking for a remedy to help them. Well, a lo- what ends up happening is, is when you dive deeper into what's going on with the person, you may find out that they had, um, you know, somebody that passed away and maybe in their childhood and uh, they, they never had the opportunity to deal with that grief. And so it's longstanding grief. And um, it's really about that ability to kind of like go within and, and let go, let go mm. of that person that may have passed and allow yourself to feel that grief and process it and, um, you know, get it out. We're not talking about, you know, crying for weeks on end, but giving yourself a healthy period of grieving. Um, And if that's not done, then, you know, one of the things is is it can go to the large intestine because you're holding on, right? You're holding on to that Mm -hmm. way. Um, Or it could be that, you know, in another situation, you're working a job that you absolutely hate and um, it's just making you miserable, but you're holding on to that because it's a sense of security. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that stress and everything else that's going on in your life is contributing to that, what we'd say, constipation, but it's really about letting go. So mm-hmm. if you can let go and make that change in your life, you may find that things will actually start moving again. And the body is just phenomenal, isn't it? <laughs> it's really cool. Right. I've noticed um, in looking at one of the charts that I um, was just doing a little bit of research as well. So crying is one of the um, under the lungs and the large intestines of the metal. Crying is one of the elements as well. Yes. 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 So that's one of the uh, signs that you would see. It's, it's, uh, you know, crying can be healthy. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, here in the West, I think a lot of people, uh, they don't cry enough. Um, I think we're taught to be strong and don't let anybody see your emotions or right. don't let anybody see that you're weak. And I, I think that can actually lead to, you know, a lot of pathologies later on when people are suppressing that, oh, absolutely. that, that need to cry and let go, right? So, right. Um, you know, here in the West, I think we need to kind of rethink things a little bit and be a little bit more vulnerable to be able to just let go and, and release I agree. And I think so from what you've told us so far, is it safe to say that so during the autumn, the fall season, this is when all of this is going to come up or is it necessarily going to come up during the summer or during the the spring or is it necessarily just during the winter or during the um, fall that all of these symptoms are going to show? This can happen at any time. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to come up in the autumn. It's just that in autumn, because it is, uh, it's really represented as the that's the season of the metal element. Uh, mm-hmm. The lungs, the lungs are more prone to these sort of things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't like to say that they're generally weaker, but there's there's more outside influences that can affect the lungs or the large mm-hmm. intestine. And so you tend to see more of these things arise um, typically at this time of year. Um, it can happen at any time, though. It depends on the individual mm-hmm. and depends on you know, where you are on the planet as well. So it's not just autumn. Well, and I know, I notice that I want to release things as well. It's almost like a spring cleaning, but not really. Like I'm, I want to let go of things I don't use anymore. I want to let go of things that are cluttering my life. I just want to get rid of a lot of stuff. And so mm-hmm. I feel like this is part of the process of autumn. As the leaves are shedding all of their, or the trees are shedding all of their leaves, I'm getting rid of stuff as well, almost instinctually. Yeah, no, and that's great, you know, and uh, that's a that's a big piece. The if we look at the energetics of fall, right, and going into winter, the energy is slowly decreasing. Okay, 
um, you, we say that in the spring you get this, we call it the yang burst energy starts to come out, um, basically from, from the depth of the earth and it sprouts forward. Uh, and then you move into summer when yang is at its peak and then, you know, you come down back into autumn when again, the energy starts to go down and you get into winter when basically it's a time of hibernation meditation. So when things start to go within, it's important to kind of, in a sense, shed off um, some of the things that we've accumulated over the year. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, people always say, well, spring cleaning. Well, really, it should be more like, you know, autumn cleaning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So. Okay. As I'm looking, and I know that you and I have talked you know, here and there when we've been in the different seasons and I've had different concerns that I've come in with, tell us about in the season we are now, so in autumn, um, what kind of foods are good for us right now? Okay, so on the same note that the energy is kind of going within, you see the energy kind of shrinking. Foods that are going to be really good and uh, nourishing right now, especially for the lungs, is uh, acrid or slightly spicy foods because what that does is it expands the lungs, right? It expands the energy. It kind of helps uh, puff up that protective shield that we have. Um, At the same time, if you do contract anything, um, a little bit of acrid uh, food for a cold type of condition or the cold type of wind condition, you can help push that back out of the body. Um, I think one of the best things that you can have right now is is, uh, radishes. Uh, Radishes are great. Um, they grow really well in the, in the, in the fall and, uh, they got a nice acrid kind of spicy flavor to it. Um, on another note, moistening foods are always really good, um, you know, to kind of help moisten the lungs again, to help with that protection, moisten the intestines. So you can think of pears and persimmons, right? They're very moist and they go to the lungs. Uh, those are really, really good foods. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of formulas out there that we use that are more specific to nourishing and tonifying the lungs. And, uh, one of the herbs that you'll usually find, um, in those formulas is, uh, we say, uh, Hong Chi, which is astragalus. So I don't know if anybody's familiar with those herbs, but astragalus is a fantastic herb to have, um, have in other formulas that can help kind of boost, uh, the chi of the lungs, so to say. Mm-hmm. Anything that's that's white, um, like uh, uh, like a white Chinese yam, um, you know, apples, things like that. That's typically uh, good for the lungs. That's we say that it's related and can help nourish the lungs. Mm-hmm. And I know that you and I have also talked about time. Like, you know, when I've had some sleep issues or something's going on and you will say, Mm. oh, it's because we're related to this. So what is the autumn time? And and tell us about that. Well, the autumn time is now, but I I think um, you're refraining more to the the time of um, the the long, large intestine time. Yeah. Okay. So. In Chinese medicine, we have what's uh, it's basically called the daily organ clock or the five-element daily organ clock. What it is is it's a time when energy is at its peak in those certain organs, okay, at a certain part of the day. So the long time is from 3 to 5 a.m., okay? That's, that's when energy is coursing through the, the lungs. As we move on to 5 to 7, the, the energy is in the large intestine. So... Uh, yeah, a great way to look at this is, is in the mornings, there's an abundance of oxygen, okay? The oxygen is kind of at its peak. That's why you start hearing birds chirp in the morning. They're picking up mm-hmm. on that, that oxygen that's rising. Um, and so it's a great time to nourish the lungs. That's when we tell people to get outside, do some you know, physical activity like Tai Chi, Qigong, or even meditation. Because mm-hmm. really, oxygen is what, what nourishes our bodies, okay? The lungs are going to be working um, more efficient at that time than any other time in the day. And then as we get into the next time frame, which is, again, five to seven for the large intestine, that's when the large intestine is moving. So ideally, 
you should be having a bowel movement between 5 and 7 a.m., okay? That's when mm-hmm. energy is going through your large intestine, and that's actually a very healthy sign. Um, mm-hmm. it, some people will say if you're having loose stools at 5 a.m., that's uh, not so good. That's more of a, a kidney issue. But uh, if you're waking up in the morning and you're having, uh, you know, uh, exercise, qigong, and then a, a nice bowel movement directly after that, um, that's great because directly after that time you're getting into the stomach time, and that's about the time that most people sit down to have breakfast. So right. It's, it's always kind of interesting to look at that, and that's, that's from 7 to 9, that's the stomach. Wow. Wow, I feel like I've learned so much already. Okay, what else? It's a lot of information. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it's it's fascinating because actually listening to you, and I say fascinating, so I'm completely geeking out on the information that you're giving because I find it completely applicable to how our bodies naturally want to work and evolve throughout the day if we just allow it to happen. Exactly. The body knows what it, what it wants to do, what it needs to do. And uh, this is one of the biggest things um, that I, or one of the biggest reasons I think Chinese medicine is, is um, you know, really becoming so popular is because, you know, when we get into topics like this, people start to think about these things and they start to make connections with earth again. Um, you know, if we look at society, you know, we're so pampered. Everything is about comfort. We're, we're always trying to make ourselves more comfortable and, and we're always trying to evolve, you know, uh, with technology. And so these things actually move us further and further away from our connection to the earth and our connection to ourselves. And so when we lose that connection, we kind of lose that energetic connection to the rhythms of the earth and our own body. And, uh, you know, if, if we were out, uh, in the country, um, just, you know, work in the land every day, I think mm-hmm. we have more harmonization within ourselves than we do, you know, in, in our societies where we're in the cities and, you know, we've got to make the dollar, we've got to work hard, and, you know, and it's right. go, 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 go. Um, right. It's, and it's I so think, important. Yeah, no, I was just going to say with with what you had just said, I agree that we, because of technology and everything that we have at our fingertips, we can very easily lose track of the system of our own body. And by and large, I feel like what you're saying is, is that we kind of all flow to the same rhythm, but then individually, there is a fine tuning that goes on as well. And listening yes. for that is what is key. Yes. Becoming more conscious of your body and what's happening. Um, you know, we're, we, we could talk about, you know, um, earth element a little, just the pensiveness mm-hmm. and the overthinking. Um, you know, we are always thinking about what we have to do in our lives and what we, what we have to do <laughs> next and, and planning for the future or, or thinking about the past. And, you know, it's important that we're able to think, but when that is on overdrive, we kind of lose touch with what's going on. And uh, one of the biggest things that I try to do here is is bring people back to their bodies and, okay, start to listen to what's going on because it'll tell you things. And, um, you know, these things that you're experiencing, well, you know, you can actually heal it yourself. And mm-hmm. if you become a little more aware and a little more in tune with, you know, how Earth is and how your body relates to what's going on, like big changes can happen. So, mm. Mm. I'm loving this. Okay, before we move on to winter, is there anything else you want to talk about on autumn? And I'm happy if you want to keep going on on the fall. That's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I mean, I think I think it would be a good transition into kidney because, uh, you know, kidneys, or I'm sorry, I, I always talk about the organs, uh, the kidney bladder, again, related to winter. Uh, the mm-hmm. winter time, it's really about going within, and it's really about hibernation meditation. So, you know, I think this is, again, some uh, thing that a lot of people aren't doing. We get so busy in our lifestyles that, you know, in the wintertime, we are moving just as hard and just as fast as we would be in the summer. And in Chinese medicine, that's really not a good thing for the body. 
the energy of the body literally goes within. Um, it's a time when we're actually supposed to conserve our energy, right? We're, we're supposed to, in a sense, kind of nourish ourselves rather than uh, go crazy and, and you know, go <laughs> exercise until we drop and work really hard. It, it's it's a time of, of really just going within. And so I get a lot of people that come in about you know this time, end of fall, end of winter, and they're just like, I'm having energy issues. I'm having fatigue and, and I don't know why. I don't know what's wrong with me. You know, it's just like I'm just really tired. And one of the main reasons is is because you haven't slowed down and people are just go, go, go. If you look at winter season, right, you have the winter solstice. It's it's the shortest day of the year. You're going to a period when really there's not a lot of yang sunlight energy throughout the day. It's, most of the day is actually more dark. It's more yin. And so it's important that we see that and that we actually start to kind of go within and, and try to be more yin during that time because there's not enough energy in the environment to support our bodies. Okay, mm -hmm. We're connected to the elements. We're connected to the sun and the moon. And so if we can see that, and you know, one of the things they say in wintertime in the classics is, you go to bed early and you sleep in during the winter because it's a t it's a time about restoring. Mm. Okay, so the the kidneys are kind of like our our reservoir or reserve, so to say. Um, when the body's taxed, the you know we're depleting energy from other areas, it'll pull energy from the kidneys. Uh, the kidneys have basically a certain amount of energy throughout our lifetimes, and once that's used up, that's it. So, you know, you hear about burning the candle on both ends. When you tax yourself in the winter, you're basically burning the candle on both ends. And as you make that transition from winter into spring, you're basically causing a lot of opportunity for pathology in the springtime. So um, to get into the emotion a little bit, um, again, that's fear, and um, you can sometimes say fright, but uh, fright has to do with the heart a little bit. But fear, fear is, is you know, it's a normal um, emotion of the human system. It's, it's important that we have a little bit of fear in our lives, right? So um, it sometimes can be what drives us forward mm. and mm -hmm. gives us the willpower to do things. But it's when that fear becomes chronic, that's when it becomes an issue because it can be draining on the kidneys and it can lead to a bunch of other problems. Um, the, the, you can think about fear or, you know, uh, short, you know, cases of fright is I always think about um, Halloween and um, experience myself when I was a little kid. Uh, going door to door, uh, I saw an older kid go to a door where somebody was basically doing the trick more than the treat and jumped out and scared scared this kid and he immediately peed his pants. And I was just like, wow, he was scared. <laughs> right. You know, and, and the thing is, is like that's a, that's a fine example of, you know, fear and fright with the kidneys. The, the kidneys, in a sense, they're the reservoir, but they also control the kidneys and the bladder and so that descended the energy down it's this downward energy and immediately the person you know urinated on themselves mm -hmm. so. <laughs> wow so it yeah it's it's kind of cool so and um, just real quick on that on fear so what if someone mm -hmm. has had chronic fear so um someone who's been in war or someone who's been in countries right. that they live in chronic fear Right. Yeah. So what you have is more of like the PTSD type of, you know, syndromes where, you know, there's this underlying fear that has never been dealt with and it resides in the kidneys. Sometimes that fear, uh, you know, will turn into anxiety, um, which can also be related to the lungs, but there's also anxiety um, from the kidneys. But when that when that's uh, there for a long time, you know that can lead to to other issues, and um, and it's it's actually really hard for people to move through that fear. Um, one of the things that you know we do that's uh, a little different is we do the cranial sacral work, and so uh, we'll be working with people on the table, and you know we don't we don't. 
try to force anything, you know, to happen. Things just happen on their own. So a lot of times what will happen is you'll get somebody who, uh, you know, was in war or had a traumatic experience or who was abused or or something like that. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we'll be doing some work. We'll, We'll do some work on the kidneys, some energy work. And what you'll see is the person will go right into that and um, it, it, it's like they're right back into that traumatizing moment. And what that does is it, it paralyzes people and it does turn into that fright, which then is more of a heart issue. But it, it doesn't allow people to move forward. If you think about, again, the, the winter, it's cold. People are kind of just stuck. They're frozen. They can't move forward. Um, you know, and so it's something that they have to be able to release from their body so that they can experience growth and move forward. And so how does acupuncture help with that? Well, acupuncture can be great because really what it can do is it kind of can unlock the doors, right? So if we're doing more of an approach from a five element, um, a traditional five element treatment, we may, you know, want to nourish the kidneys a little bit. Um, we may want to work with uh, the spleen um, because sometimes the spleen can uh, basically kind of uh, – work against the kidneys in, in some ways, but it, it really depends on the situation and the person. Mm. When we get to that sort of emotion, we typically treat it more with uh, our craniosacral work and qigong. Um, mm-hmm. I will have people go through our five-element qigong and move with their breath and do very specific motions because when you're moving in a way that is targeting the bladder and the kidney channel and targeting the actual organ of the bladder and the kidneys, you get movement and it's almost like a massage that Mm. does is it starts to unlock the energy that's stuck in the kidney. And you may have people that come in and maybe their issue is back pain, um, but underlying it's more of a fear issue, Um, Mm. you know, fear of, right, of, of things that are going on, um, fear of control or being controlled. Um, sometimes uh, this isn't really Chinese medicine, but a lot of people will say that your finances are related to your low back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a fear there, right? And so mm-hmm. when you're moving and, and doing these breathing exercises, you start breaking through that stagnation in those channels, and you'll actually have people have releases where they'll release some of those really stuck emotions. Mm, Powerful. Okay. And so on the kidney, you said urinary or I mean, uh, bladder and water. Talk to us about all Mm -hmm. of that. So it's all flushing, right? Is that what you're talking about? Well, it, so the kidney, what the kidneys do or the, what the, the water element, it's, it's nourishing. The water element is very yin. Okay. So it's, it's all about nourishing the body. Um, again, it's that whole concept of, of going within. Um, it, it's kind of, uh, it's the yin compared to the yang. So mm-hmm. does that, does that make sense? It does. Yes. Okay. Okay. Okay, and so as you were talking us through, um, for example, when you were talking about the fall and autumn, and you said nose and skin and hair, what are the mm-hmm. what are they relating in the winter? So, so with winter time, the kidneys are going to be related to the bone. Okay, so the the bone in the body, the bone is uh, probably the the, the densest form of um, physical material in the body. Um, if you if you think about your bone and it, it well it holds a lot of energy okay and and we talked about the kidneys being the reservoir or the reserve the bone is very similar it holds a lot of energy of the body um, there's a lot of different relationships that you could think about um, with you know the marrow and the bones that's also related to the kidneys to some extent um, another manifestation of the kidney or, or the water element is the ear um, because that's related to the kidneys um, and so what does the ear what where does the ear come in Whereas the nose, you were well, talking about, you know, that's where we breathe in. And so what is the ear element? Some of these, yeah, so some of these things are really interesting in, you know, how we, we look at the relationship um, with with the ear and the kidneys. Uh, really, it goes back to when you were just a fetus, okay? 
um, there is a close relationship to the development of the ear and the kidney at the same time as a fetus. Um, if you can visualize it. That, that being said, uh, the tongue, for instance, is a manifestation of the heart. And so during the development of the heart, the tongue is also being developed at the same time. There's like this connection with the heart and the tongue and the ear and the kidneys. And so energetically, um, there are some internal channels that connect into the ear with the kidneys, but there's a relationship. We say that it's, it's related to the ear. Uh, a lot of times when we're treating tinnitus, uh, hearing loss, with, you know, ringing in the ears, uh, mm. we can treat it through the kidneys if it's due to what we call a kidney deficiency. Okay, so if the kidney energy is weak, uh, let's say that uh, you've uh, used up some of your reserve, um, you've worked really hard, uh, excessively hard, exercised too much, um, you know, not, you didn't get enough sleep, you drank too much coffee for 20 or 30 years, all of a sudden you have ringing in your ears, um, probably a, you know, at the same time you have some low back pain, we're going to see that probably as a, a kidney condition. And so we're going to relate that to more of the kidneys, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, is the ear at all related to what you're hearing? Well, it and can processing. be. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're having ringing in the ear, tinnitus, or, or something like that, um, it can be a condition of the kidney, or we'd say a water element issue. Mm-hmm. So, and it, um, okay. go ahead. No, I mean, some of these things are a little hard to understand because we're, you know, we're going more into diagnosis of, you know, it's more of a theory of kidney bladder. Um, we're stepping outside of the, the paradigm a little bit, but that's, you can still see the relationship with mm-hmm. the water element. Completely. Okay. And then you told us about um, the dryness. So I'm going to guess that cold is what is related in the winter. Exactly. So cold is the winter. And again, the energy goes within, energy condenses down. When you think of cold, going out on a cold day, what do you do if you don't have your jacket on? You bring your arms in together, (laughs) you're shivering. You're trying to get warm, so you bring everything into your core to keep your core protected. Um, That is the energy of, of the water element very cold whereas the energy of for instance the fire element is very expanding you know you think about mm-hmm. being warm like you just want to open up you know you take your jacket mm-hmm. off so again it, it's it's some people would say like you know we talk about the yin and the yang this is uh, the yin this is the dark period but it's really a, a very important period to going within and nourishing ourselves and becoming more conscious of, of our body and the, uh, the depths, you could say, mm-hmm. of our soul, really making that mm-hmm. connection to um, the spirit, so to say, in, in some ways. So. And so, whereas crying, you talked about with the lungs, what is the component mm-hmm. crying, uh, or I mean, excuse me, the crying, and then let's also talk about the, the um, color and the foods. So let's start with the crying. Okay. What is the component? Yes. Well, so for really more more with the water element, you're going to have deep sighing. Mm-hmm. You're going to see people that come in and they're just going to be <sighs> that's, that's okay, more of an issue of like there's something going on with the water element. That, you know, you could look at that and say, "Oh, is the person depressed? What's going on?" But it's this mm-hmm. it's this need uh, to to breathe deep, to make a connection with those kidneys. Uh, the lung, there is a relationship with the lungs and the kidneys. The kidneys actually help the lungs uh, take in oxygen. They're kind of like that gravitational force that pulls the energy down when you breathe in, right? Your, your diaphragm descends and the lungs open up and the air comes in. There's a component of the kidney energy that actually helps pull that down, okay? And so when you have somebody that's sighing all the time, they don't even really know it, but it's that, okay, I, I want to connect in to that kidney energy. There's something going on there, right? And so it's affecting the lungs as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So that's something, you know, that that's, again, that's going to be kind of the more of the, the physical sign, uh, something that you're going to see somebody do and, and you're going to say, okay, that, that this could be a possible water issue. We're going to look deeper into it and see what's going on, um, you know, and, and talk about some things that might be affecting them, okay? And, and I feel like sometimes, sorry, I was just going <clears> to, <throat> excuse no, me, ask you, I feel like sometimes, for myself, I will just speak for myself. So when I am deep sighing or I come into your office and I'm, ah, I just sit down, it's almost an exhalation of, oh, I can just sit down and have a conversation to you. It's almost a regrounding release. into my body. Yeah. Yes, it is a relief. It's a release. It is um, yes. almost an identification of, oh, here I am. Oh. Exactly. So, and that's very true, and, and it's important not to look at some of these things um, and say, well, this is all bad or, you know, this is all good. It's, it's again, it, there's a duality to it, and it's, it's how the person comes in and what, what else they're bringing with that. And so you look mm-hmm. at all those things, and then you can kind of say, okay, there's an imbalance here with the water element. When you come in, it's different, right? And based on everything else that you talk about, I would mm-hmm. not go right to oh you have a water imbalance that that's the opposite you're you're actually showing more of a healthy sign of that so of the deep sighing <laughs> yes yes so <laughs> okay and then the color what is the color well so the color is black sometimes those uh, people say it's like a dark dark blue or even uh, I've heard a few people uh, say that the the water color is purple but really it's black or blue. And, um, you know, when you think of water uh, at its depth, you know, mm. um, it tends to be dark, it tends to be black, it tends to be blue. Um, so sometimes you can see things in the body uh, that may come up, um, you know, where you see a, a shade of um, maybe a, a darker shade of black or blue under the skin. A lot of times when we diagnose people, they'll come in uh, that, they're not sleeping well, they're stressed out, they're working too hard, you see the dark circles under the eyes. That is a sign of a kidney condition, that black under the eyes Mm -hmm. means that Mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's a deficiency in the kidney that needs to be addressed. The person's not getting, um, you know, restored. They're getting drained. And so that's one of the first things that will manifest. And, um, you know, you have other areas in the body where that may show up black and blue, like you know, uh, that you can make, you know, a determination that this is a water issue. And so, okay, I'm just going to ask, and this is a on the surface, it's not certainly in depth, but so, for example, this morning, my cats kept me awake. I was awake for about three hours in the middle of the night because of my cat. (laughs) And so, of course, I woke up this morning looking lovely, and I had dark circles under my eyes. And so was that just an immediate imbalance? I mean, to me, I just think, good God, I had, you know, four and a half, five hours of sleep, and I've got dark circles right. under my eyes. <laughs> so some <laughs> of them can be, it can be more of a temporary thing. Like, you know, yeah, if you are really used to getting seven, eight hours of sleep on a regular basis, nine. and then you've got a night where you get, you're nine, uh, <laughs> you get half or less than half. Uh, yeah, you're going to start showing symptoms, uh, you know, if your body's really taxed by that. Some people, you know, may go long periods um, of, in their life without showing any symptoms. Um, it really depends on the individual. Um, for you, that just may be something that, that shows up, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, this is getting more into diagnosis, but it's still using aspects of the water element. Um, You'll get people that work, again, very hard, but they choose to work nights. And, um, Mm. you know, you have nurses or you have people that do fabrication or -hmm. or whatnot. And they're literally working from five, you know, in the evening until five in the morning. And so they're not sleeping 
uh, when it's actually really important for them to get their rest. And they do that for a span of 30 years. And when you're young, you can do it no problem. You have a lot of young energy. As we Mm -hmm. get older, we lose that young energy. And then what happens is it starts draining that yin energy, starts draining that water energy in our bodies. So signs start showing up. um, And one of the things is related to the kidneys is the teeth. A lot of times, you know, people that are doing that, you'll see the teeth start to fall. Um, You will see the dark circles or you'll see uh, really puffy bags under the eyes at the same time Mm -hmm. these people might have a really intense low back pain or incontinence, uh, you know, trouble urinating, uh, even some prostate issues. Uh, for males. And so these things can manifest when we're not taking care of ourselves in that way. Uh, for mm. you, this it's something, you know, it was one night, it's, you're showing some signs that your body's slightly depleted, but I think within mm. a few days of getting some normal sleep, that'll go away. Let's hope. <laughs> okay, so we have about five minutes left. I want to talk about um, the food or the herbs. And you know what, something, and then the time, well, the time and or, you know, we didn't touch on on both of these yet, was the direction. And I don't remember, I believe you and I have had the discussion on the direction and the importance of it and what the direction yeah. means. But if we get that time, so we've got, actually, we've got four minutes left. So hit on the foods real quick. Let's talk about that. Okay, so basically the the um, more salty foods in the winter um, are good. Uh, not in excess, but salt is good. If you think of salt, it's preserving. Um, a lot of times, you know, we use salt on on meat, you know, before they had refrigerators. It helps preserve things. Um, but really, in, in the to to nourish the water, you want to think about more like root vegetables. Okay, again, it, the energy is going like within. Um, you're going from fall to winter. Everything starts to, you know, go within to be stored. So root vegetables. When you think about like carrots or or beets or you know radishes to some extent, mm-hmm. uh, but like those foods, they actually grow better in the winter time because the energy is stored in the roots. Okay, um, it doesn't go up, you know, to the stalks or to the leaves. You know, uh, it actually goes back down into the earth. So, uh, when you think of those foods, they're actually uh, in an abundance of of energy and nourishment, and they're very warming. They're foods of the earth that are going to help warm us up during the cold time. Uh, you know, you you rarely see people wanting to have salads in the winter. You want to have uh, like you know nice warming, you know, butternut squash soup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something that's going to be very nourishing on that level. Those type of things. Anything that you would harvest at the end of fall time uh, in your mm-hmm. garden is probably going to be really good for you during the winter. Okay. So eating so, seasonally is spot on with this method. Spot on. With, yeah, spot on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seasonally and, of course, uh, you know, the region of where you live also plays a role. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're technically, you know, on the same hemisphere as China, but if you were going to go to Australia or South America, the season flipped, so you would eat a little differently. Completely. We did. We've lived in both, South America and Australia, and we ate completely differently per the season. Exactly. And the energy is much different. Okay, and salt, and then was there was there another, were there herbs as well? So in the wintertime, here's a, a really common herb uh, that we use in some of our classical formulas, and that's uh, it's futsa, uh, also known as aconite. Um, when it's prepared in the right way, it can become a very powerful herb to nourish the kidneys, uh, to nourish the fire in the kidneys, okay? So... Um, when there's a cold in the body, we can allow that fire to rise and nourish other aspects of ourselves and to give us energy. Um, uh, to me, that's it's one of the, the yang-most herbs, and so being the yin-most time of the year, it's it's a really great herb to give to people um, when used appropriately in the right way. Um, it's not an herb that I would recommend anybody going out to get um, it's something that you'd want to use in a formula and uh, take Mm -hmm. if needed. So cinnamon is a good one. Um, It's very warming and uh, it's, it's good for the body, good for the circulatory system. Which is why we love to smell it all winter long. We love to what? Why we love to smell it all winter long. Exactly. Right. So, 
cinnamon and vanilla. Okay, Josh, we have about 30 seconds left. I just want to say I have loved this. <laughs> it has been so informative, and I cannot believe we've talked an hour already. I was looking at the time about two wow. minutes ago thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> So I would love to do this again um, at the end of winter so that we can talk about spring and summer. And that would be wonderful. Yeah. All that's going to be coming in with that. So thank you again for all of our listeners. You can tune into iTunes and Stitcher and this will be available forever. And Josh, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks.